Hey everyone, I wanted to do a real quick disclaimer before we get into this episode. This conversation with my guest can get a little graphic. We go into detail about some aspects of Satanism that uh, are pretty alarming and disturbing to listen to. So if you have any young ones, any kiddos around that you are worried about uh, them hearing some of these things, uh, then I would advise you to listen to this one by yourself. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Enjoy the episode. Don't think I will even ask you to make Jesus Lord of your life. That's the most preposterous thing I could ever tell you to do. Jesus Christ is Lord of your life. Whether you serve him or not, whether you bless him, curse him, hate him, or love him, he is the Lord of your life because God has given him a name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus Christ every knee shall bow and tongue confess that he is Lord. Some of you will bow out of the grace that has been given to you and others will bow because your kneecaps will be broken by the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. And I'll not apologize for this God of the Bible. Friends, welcome to the For the King podcast, where we proclaim the edicts of the king, namely and chiefly that Yahweh reigns. Today, I am joined with Pastor Joe Schimmel, and we are going to be talking about the second part to Marvel and DC's War on God, Doctor Strange, Aleister Crowley, and the Multiverse of Satanism. So, Joe, thanks for joining me today. Great, great to be on with you, bro. Cool. So, um, yeah, I had had you on a few months ago, and we had talked about the first part. You guys have been hard at work, and part two's out now. Um, and and this one, um, you know, my wife and I have watched it. Uh, we noticed obviously that you're you're honing in on uh, Satanism more specifically, and how that's kind of undergirding a lot of the comics. So um, I kind of just wanted to give you the floor, and could you really set the stage of what this film is doing with specifically Aleister Crowley connecting that to Doctor Strange? Um, what's going on with that? Yeah, the, the Bible talks about a phenomena in the last days where, you know, Jesus said, you know, the love of many would grow cold and lawlessness would increase. Uh, Paul said terrible times would come and difficult times would come. Men would be lovers of self and so forth. And you also get this this renaissance or this uh, resurrection of occult powers in the end times. And we, mm-hmm. we see that in Revelation where you see the vice list that the people won't repent of in Revelation 9 and Revelation 21 includes sorcery, yeah. uh, magic. and. And when Paul says terrible times will come, he says like Janice and Jambres who withstood Moses and they did it with, with, you know, magical powers and so forth. So we see the end times are supposed to, and of course, Antichrist, it says, will come with all power and signs and lying wonders and all the seemingness of unrighteousness in them that perish. So right now what we're seeing in popular media is just a, uh, just a full-blown assault on the kids' minds with regard to occultism. Yeah. Now, many Christians are very aware that uh, sexual perversion uh, is running rampant today. Yeah. Uh, in fact, many, there was an uproar, as you know, Rocky, with regard to what happened in Florida with Disney World and, <laughs> and the whole, you know, sexual oh revolution being promoted yeah. through uh, Disney, wanting the five, six, seven year olds getting really upset with DeSantis because they want Disney Corp got involved in the political fight saying yep. they need to be able to hear about getting sex changes that age. And oh, one of the animators came out, as you know, and she said, hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'm putting queerness everywhere in Disney and nobody's trying to stop me. What yeah. people aren't realizing, well, a lot of Christians aren't realizing, is they're doing the same thing with the occult, you know, through uh, 
uh, superhero movies like Doctor Strange and so forth. And yep. there's a new, I don't know if you saw the little demons, the new FX, which yes. is owned by Disney. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's horrendous. It's just horrific. And, Ugh. you know, the, the the mother has sex with Satan and they birth the Antichrist. It's it's a cartoon. Yeah, and the main that. character is a little girl. Of course, they say, oh, it's more for adults. But, you know, I just uh, we just got a prayer request from someone whose kid watched something like that that was incredibly horrified and their kids got all messed up. But all kinds of kids are watching this. And what's interesting, just as the Disney animators said, we're, I'm putting queerness everywhere. No one's trying to stop me mm-hmm. in an interview with the cast, just because this is so relevant to what's going on. It just happened. And irrelevant for those who were, did the voices. You know, Danny DeVito does Satan and uh, his daughter does the Antichrist, the, the mother of the Antichrist, who's a witch and uses upside down pentagrams and all this stuff. Yeah. She's asked about, isn't it complicated to play the Antichrist mother in an interview? <laughs> And she forgets the question because and she has to say, what was the question? Because she wants to say what's most on her heart. Mm-hmm. And she said what she loves about it is that they're able to promote paganism yeah. and make it popular. Yep. Well, their paganism is full-blown you know, Satanism and using satanic powers. And they're after our children. So Christians, uh, parents have to keep in mind why the superhero movies are so dangerous and we need to be discerning, mm-hmm. I believe, uh, is because – Many Christian parents put their hands down because they're used to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man from when they were a kid. Yeah, exactly. Not that the comics back then were, were there was some subterfuge going on them, which we expose. And they think, oh, it's pretty safe. But they don't realize what we're dealing with is the minds of the people that are writing these stories mm-hmm. and drawing the kids in, which have very much a very similar viewpoint as uh, in, in regard to what's going on as the so-called you know mother of the Antichrist in, in Little Demon, which just totally, I mean, the, even the trailer, they have upside down crosses. And it's just a full-blown glorification of Satan. So yeah, what we're yeah. showing here is that uh, this ended up being the top movie from Disney uh, and Marvel, which is owned by Disney, mm-hmm. uh, in uh, after just Spider-Man in the, in the COVID era. So in the last few years, it became the second movie only to Spider-Man. And and by the way, Marvel has the most popular music genre in the world right now. Mm-hmm. It's influenced, influenced a bunch of children. And a promotion of the occult is rife uh, in just pure Satanism through uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And hence, we call it Doctor Strange, Lester Crowley, the Multiverse of Satanism, yeah. because we understand and we know that Doctor Strange is basically... Uh, basically a representation of Satanist Ellis Crowley. Yep. Yeah, and you you guys expose that all very – it's very easy to understand after watching your guys' documentary that th- that's exactly what they were doing when you show the progression between Dr. Droom all the way to Dr. Strange. This, this, this character is extremely Satanistic in what he's doing, the way he's representing himself. So um, – Absolutely. Yeah. And so you, you had already kind of brought up how this is impacting children. Um, obviously, God says in Ephesians 5, raise up your, your uh, I'm sorry, uh, 6, 1 and 2, raise up your children in the fear and admonition of the, of the Lord. Right. So Amen. we see in the Christian faith. OK, hey, with what we're going to do with our kids is we're going to raise them to know Yahweh, to know God, to worship him. So why is Satan so he's using the same tactic there? Obviously, he understands the power of the next generation. Why, why is he so um, – when, when, when Aleister Crowley is getting this information from Satan about how you're to be doing rituals with um, trying to make a moon baby, you guys brought, brought that out. Um, how you, right. it's, it's so much – so, so much of the, the corruption is geared towards children. Why, why is Satan so honed in on that 
you know, and why, why is that, why is Marvel comics is geared towards kids? Um, you know, wh- why does he love innocent people being duped, you know, and you guys brought up some great text. So I just kind of want to let you run with that a little bit. Yeah, no, that's a great question. It's something I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've asked because uh, you're concerned and it's praise God you are for the audience and their, the, the families and, and them going after their children. And we need to be very aware of this is, yeah. is that, uh, well, I believe like one of, uh, you know, one of the head Nazis under Hitler talked about how they're going to go after the youth, you know, yep. uh, Lester Crowley himself also talked about how, uh, you know, the family was public enemy. Number one, yep. Marxism as well is very anti uh, family. And uh, the objective is to go after the children. Of course, that's why, you know, uh, Satan wants the school system, which he has very much has because he can indoctrinate, doesn't want parents stepping in, you know, and the, 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 the thing is, is that children are very easy to deceive. Yep. Uh, they're very easy to mold. And Satan knows that. And he wants the future. And those who have the youth have the future, as they say. And uh, he knows that, uh, you know, their, their, their discerning faculties are not yet fully developed. And that's why Satan went after the youth in the 1960s with the 60s hippie movement revolution, which was a counterculture then, but it's uh-huh. now mainstream. And you have men like Harry Hay, was a mem- who was a member of Satanist, Alester Crowley's uh, organization, the OTO, actually was a keyboard player. He's called the oldest hippie. Mm-hmm. And that's because he was focusing on, he's called a hippie, but he was, why is he an oldest hippie? Because he's an old guy that's way too old to be a hippie, but he's hanging out with the young people. Uh-huh. And he was homosexual. And he's considered the father of the, of the, the modern day, you know, gay movement. Uh, when he launched his deal and he's introducing it to young people. In fact, he's, we show a placard of him marching with NAMBLA, North American man, boy, love association, totally perverse. So they go after the young people because uh, they know that they can mold them and they can control the future because they know the young people, uh, they take their ideologies and and they shove them down their throat. And then later those young people basically, uh, I mean, there's a lot of other reasons regarding homosexuality and so forth. The uh, homosexuals can't, have babies they can't you know breed so uh they want to they have to they have to propagate and indoctrinate you know so uh, satan loves to use comic uh, heroes because the kids can relate to him and then he just sows his messages in there maybe it's probably good for your audience to know when we're talking about dr strange and in that video uh you know dr strange alessa crowley and the multiverse of satanism in our expose as you said so they understand what you'd mentioned was we literally show that the first incarnation of Dr. Strange was known as Dr. Droom, mm-hmm. then Dr. Druid. Then he finally became Dr. Strange, all the same origin story. They just changed his look and changed his name after time. But we show, as you saw, Dr. Droom and Aleister Crowley side by side. We show you that they actually <laughs> made him almost you know, look exactly the same. And then they took, you know, they changed him to Dr. Strange uh, to look like Dr. Strange, but he's the same guy. And we show that Dr. Strange, you know, uh, was born in England, not the one that they made the movie after they kind of changed his origin story a little bit where he's born in, uh, you know, United States. But the Doctor Strange from the comics, like Doctor Dream, both born in England, both synthesized Eastern and Western mysticism, both, you know, used the black magic, both, you know, uh, uh, you know, open themselves up. I mean, just like, but the parallels between him and Crowley are the same. Then you show the parallels between him and Doctor Strange as in Crowley, I mean, we show, I think, like 15 to 20, probably about 20 different parallels. And I'll just mention a few from everything from, you know, uh, synthesizing the magic, using uh, dark powers, uh, contacting satanic forces. We show Dr. Strange has sold his soul so many times that 
you know, they don't want it, the demons and Satan doesn't want to get her packs with them because he doesn't have any soul left to sell. Uh, we show that uh, they both use the eye and the triangle. Mm-hmm. I call the eye of Agamotto and Dr. Strange. Aleister Crowley, uh, he called blasphemously his place where he did his magic called the Sanctum Sanctorum, which yeah. is Latin for ho- or Holy of the Holies. Uh, and that's exactly the place where, guess what? Dr. Strange practices magic. And as you know from watching the video, we even play audio tape of Stephen Engelhart, who was a member of Crowley's OTO mm-hmm. or a practitioner of his magic, admitting that he was in touch with McMurdy, the leader of Crowley's OTO here in the United States, who Crowley discipled, and he was discipled by him. And he admits re- he was the one that revamped in the 70s and 80s DC. He did the Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. I mean, Batman that Jack Nicholson played. And he also redid. Uh, or did ma- most of the major characters more than anybody else in the 1970s and some of the 80s for Marvel, including Doctor Strange. And he admits in that interview, yeah. we you've seen the audio, he goes, yeah, the, the interviewer is like, do what thou wilt, shall be the whole law. That's how he starts yeah. off his show, quoting Crowley, you know? And he's he's praising Engelhart for bringing Crowley's teachings in the mainstream. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that blows my mind. Uh, looking at you guys um, get these interviews of these writers and people in his OTO that, that were writers for Marvel connected to Marvel and then literally saying, do what, uh, do what thou will. Uh, and, and literally yeah. talking about Crowley's teachings and, and owning it. Uh, it's, it, it really does blow my mind. Um, you know, and you guys talk about in this film, how, as you guys have been sounding this alarm, we want Christians to be prepared for this and to stop letting this wickedness. You even challenge the people in the film. Should we be watching this? Should, should we yeah. be letting this into our home? I think that's a great challenge for Christian listeners. And we, um, my wife was telling me that uh, some of her friends went and saw that newer uh, Dr. Strange, and it's just extremely demonic. And you guys show yeah. all these different YouTubers that were saying, wow, how did they get away with some of this, you know, and get yeah, the, the movie reviewers. Yeah. Movie reviewers that are pretty well accepted saying yeah. exactly that, that. Hey, this was demonic, but they're not saying it's bad. They're saying, but it's great. You know? Yeah, I know. So I, here's a question I've been mulling over a little bit. Um, just my own personal thoughts. We have so many people that are starting to persecute. We see Christian persecution continuing to, to rise, right? People do not like Christians in our society. We see, you know, atheism and Satanism on the rise. Um, but it, it it just blows my mind that what we're proclaiming is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the peace that you, you finish beautifully with the gospel presentation at the end of this film. And what they're promoting is abortion, destroying the young, sexual deviancy, let's no families, let's just do whatever we want, do what thou wilt, right? And it just destroys people's lives. And it just, it very much does sadden my heart that people you have to have a taste for beauty and our society does not have a taste for beauty and love anymore and, and righteousness and what's good and true and beautiful. We don't have a taste for that anymore. Um, and you guys are really sounding the alarm on this, that this is, this is infiltrating people's hearts um, through things like film. Um, this Satanism is very, it's very in your face now. And, and I just can't believe that there are Wicca books that describe, like even Crowley's books describe how to conduct a human sacrifice. These are sold at Barnes and Nobles. This is, these are books you can go get, yet they want the word of God out. You're not allowed to sell these books here. You're not allowed the good Christian theology, but you're allowed to sell books that tell you how to perform a child sacrifice. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how did we, you know, where are we at with that? And is it, it's all these different culture mediums that are producing this. I mean, it's just something I've been mulling over. Curious your thoughts. 
Yeah, no, and I think that's the way, especially the way you present that is very a stark uh, contrast that that shows the way you put it out. Obviously, backwards. Yeah, uh, it is. You know, and and I think it pertains to some of the junk that's in the church too that pass off as Christianity that you and I would agree is fluff and yeah, you know sure. you know is and that's a similar principle though when Paul says you know know this you know uh, when he when he says. Uh, the time will come when they won't endure sound doctrine, but after their own desires, they'll heap themselves teachers who will tickle the ears and tell them what they want to hear, and they'll be turned yeah. away from the truth to error. So it's not just those propagating it, Paul says, as far as false teaching goes, but it's those who want to hear, hey, I can just uh-huh. name it and claim it and get whatever I want because God wants me you know, to, to, to be a little God, which is what they teach and, and so forth. And in, in the world, you know, these people... Uh, the, the the lost people, which you know we were before we knew Christ, exactly. they have fallen sinful natures, and and when you're born again, you receive a new nature. So then you have this battle, and you have to count the old man dead and live for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the the world doesn't have a new nature, so they've got that fallen Adamic nature, and at least the world in the past, because they still have a conscience, you know, yeah, exactly. and they would still try to you know at least put on a mask. Hey, I want to do what's right. I know the difference between right and wrong, and they try to do it in their own strength. But at least they you know, had some semblance of morality. Now today, there's all about embracing darkness and uh, making darkness cool and, and so forth. And uh, it, it, it's interesting, you know, question because uh, in the scriptures, it, that, you know, it, it says in the last days when the Antichrist comes on the scene, that they'll be judged because they refuse to love the truth and they love darkness. Uh-huh, you know, yeah. it, it, Jesus said the, the reason people would reject him in John 3, after he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believed in shall not perish, but have eternal life. And and then that he had sent his son to the world to condemn the world, but the world through him should be saved. Uh, you think, oh, wow, there's the glorious good news. Who could reject it? But then after that, he talked about those who will love darkness more than light and hate the light less and, and refuse to come light because their deeds are evil. So I think a lot of people, they love darkness and 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 they're given the strong delusions. That second lesson is too, because they refuse to love the truth yep. and had pleasure in wickedness. So we do have uh, the, the masses do have a pleasure in wickedness and you know, our job, of course, is to present the gospel to them. And and we see that there'll be a great multitude. I praise God. Revelation, I mean, it does show God's judgments coming, but it mentions how there'll be a great multitude that no man can number from every nation, kindred, people, and tongue, yeah. uh, that no one can number, that that will know Christ in the end. So, and that's, you know, God's plan marches forward. And Amen. what we have to do is be faithful, you know, to, to be true to him and, and, and true to the gospel and share it. But yeah, I do believe you have this... Uh, it talked about how they're called good evil and evil good. Yeah, exactly. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. And that's, I think, that's what was happening in Isaiah's day. But Peter says, even as the false prophets, you know, work their deal in those days, there'll be false teachers who will do the same in our days, which is happening now. And they're putting darkness for good for evil and evil uh, for good. And so they're calling the Bible evil. You yeah. Know? And morality evil, like you're saying, but they're saying, hey, you can have books that, that promote child sacrifice and so forth, <laughs> like Alessia Crowley's, you know, at, at big bookstores. So I see what you're saying. And and it, it, it's it's the, the human condition. Uh, but as you said, it would get darker and darker before, you know, Christ came back. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, which is interesting, Daniel also says that, you know, uh, those who are wise, you know, will have insight and lead many to righteousness mm-hmm. and they'll shine like the stars forever. So, and they'll go to and fro and knowledge will increase. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, when I was a young Christian, you know, I always heard to and fro means people will travel more and, uh, and knowledge will increase, you know, the computer age and so forth. And there's probably that application to that as a possibility, but that term to and fro that 
Daniel talks about and gaining insight and so forth in that context. That term to and fro has to do with looking for truth in the Old Testament. It's used other places mm-hmm. and knowledge will increase. I think, you know, brothers and sisters, uh, you know, like us and others who are in the scripture, we're start, we're seeing, we're discerning what's going on and, uh, and we're, we're to use that knowledge to lead many to righteousness. And, and that's why Paul said, Rocky in Ephesians 5.11, you know, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Amen, yeah. And many people through the years, it's like, do you, you know, why do you feel led to expose this stuff? And I say, well, you know, people are knee deep in it. Yep. So many Christians are in this stuff. Exactly. It's just like a doctor. Why would he expose cancer through an MRI or what have you? It's, it's like, it's, it's hard to do, but you got to, an honest doctor say, look what you have. Well, uh-huh. the body of Christ is riddled with, you know, cancer from wicked entertainment. And when we show this to people, uh, you know, it, it says, not only do not have fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but expose it. Uh-huh. Then it says, let the light of Christ shine on you and, you yeah. know, wake up from the dead. So it's a matter of turning the lights on. Here's what God's word says. Here's the light of God's word. And we've seen, you know, I mean, every every day we get praise reports, praise God. I was in this stuff and, and I got saved. I turned to Jesus or praise God. I was all in this stuff. I didn't realize how wicked it was, but uh-huh. it was a stranglehold of my family and my kids. And we've repudiated it. And uh, we get testimonies all the time. So, uh, and by the way, some will say, well, we're just, we're not supposed to, uh, you know, judge those things outside the church. And it's like, <laughs> really? Uh, what does that mean? Of course, we're not supposed to do what Paul says not to do with regard to non-believers and, and, uh, when a non but when a believer's in the church and he's having relations with his father's wife, it says that's in that context to excommunicate him. You know, we don't physically take a believer and move them around, but as far as uh, uh, judging what Jesus said, judge righteous judgment. Uh-huh. And the book of Revelation is a full blown expose by the apostle John through Jesus exposing the darkness of the world, you know, exactly. and, and showing how it's judged by God. So it's interesting in Ephesians 5, Rocky, when it says to Expose, have no fellowship with fruitless deeds of darkness, rather expose them. When you back up a few verses, the context in verse 7 and 8 is Christians don't be partakers with the children of disobedience who are the children of wrath mm-hmm. and, and, and their wicked deeds. Then it goes in, then after that, he says, expose fruitless deeds of darkness. So the context is we're supposed to, as Christians, be exposing what many Christians don't realize is darkness. Yes. So those Christians who are being drawn into it can be set free. And also, so non believers can be set free. So I think it's imperative, kind of rounding out what you said earlier, too, about, you know, how they go after the kids. Well, uh-huh. you know, uh, uh, Christians are, you know, Satan knows something a lot of Christians need to know better. And that's that's the children's formative years are when they're young and he goes at them with all his might. And how much more should we as parents and, and Christian leaders yep. uh, be encouraging them in the truth? You know, amen. Yeah. Yeah, and I think what's cool about this moment for the church, uh, like like what you guys are doing, very bright light shined in darkness with what you guys are reporting on. That, that, that's the beauty of light. It shines so much more brighter in the more darkness there is, the, the brighter the light will shine. That's so it gives, us, it gives us a great opportunity as the church to, again, expose these things through the light of Christ. Let the light of Christ shine on you. Awake awake from the dead. Right? Wake up. Yeah. You know? um, and my buddy had a good analogy of, you know, like in Lord of the Rings, when Gollum gets light shine and shine on him when he's in the in the cave for a long time, and he he's like ah, like I hate it, you know. And then he starts fighting and stuff. Like that's what the culture is going to do when you shine light on it, and it's going to blind them because they've been in darkness for so long, and they're going to want to fight back. And you know, it's going to be a it's going to be a struggle, you know. But we have God's word, which is obviously has conquered many nations. <laughs> so yeah, Amen. yeah, God's word is great. So um, 
another thing I wanted to hit on here, just the the whole you brought up a great point in the film that I'd never really captured before biblically of how um so we have these two kingdoms, kingdom of light, kingdom of darkness, and you guys had brought up how Crowley's Satanism, uh, his teachings have, have we've already talked about it, we've already hinted, so much sexual deviancy, weird, odd sexual things, orgies and having sex with minors and just, just really odd things that humans, uh, even bestiality, just the things the Bible says no. And yeah. um, you had raised a concern of, you know, why is Satan doing this? Well, when God creates us in, in his image, he makes us male and female. So our sexuality is, is, is inextricably tied to our being made in God's image. And, and you had made this claim that Satan is trying to make his followers and his image through the complete antithesis of sexuality. So why is this so instrumental to, um, you know, Satan's movement in our nation? And it's really not even athe- like the abortion thing and the sexual. It's really not even atheism. It's really this Satanistic I- ideology that's taking hold, you know. So I don't know. Do you kind of see what I'm getting at here? What, what are you, some yeah. of your your thoughts on it from the film because you guys bring that up and i thought it was fascinating yeah it's 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 uh really bizarre but you know and it's interesting too just because you mentioned at the end there was in satanism you know that the world's becoming more pagan than 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 atheistic yes exactly but it's what's really interesting is a lot of the atheists have no heart don't have a hard time at all embracing paganism and satanism Uh and they do it as satanists in fact anton levey presented his form of Satanism as the church, head of the church of Satan, authored the satanic Bible. He said, well, you know, we don't believe in God. You know, we don't really believe in a personal devil. Crowley mentioned a personal devil. And, uh, and that came out later, you know, uh, people that were in his group, including Susan Atkins, who was convicted of killing nine of the people in the Manson murders. who I interviewed with my wife twice, who went to the prison and interviewed her. She said, Oh no, he was (laughs) in close behind closed doors. He, he was, we knew who we were worshiping. We were truly worshiping Satan, but to make it popular among the youth on college campuses, it was more popular than the Bible. The uh, church uh, it, it presented it as atheistic. Yeah. So it could be kind of a well, we can be atheists and so forth. But what's interesting when you go and you read the book of Revelation, the end times, the end time scenario we see is not a bunch of atheists. We see people like, like the Antichrist and the false prophet, those following him, rarely at God in heaven. So by that time, especially because judgments will come uh, so severely, they'll know exactly what they're dealing with. Uh, that they'll be dealing with the one true God, but they'll harden their hearts like Pharaoh did against him. So it's interesting, though, because of the subversion sexually is I personally believe that Satan hates the idea of, you know, he was unredeemable. You know, God chose not to. I mean, he, he sinned with a high hand and rebellion among the holy angels, knew exactly what he was doing mm-hmm. and just sold out to rebellion. Uh, and he hates, and I believe the demons hate, too. A human race because of our opportunity for redemption through faith in Christ. And the picture of Christ and his eternal bride, this divine romance, uh, is the husband and the wife relationship. Mm-hmm. As you know, Rocky, very well, is, you know, husbands are called to love their, their wives as Christ loved the church and sacrifice himself for the church. And, and wives are called to respect their husbands and follow their leadership as the church is to be subject to Christ. And so we have these millions of different human relationships that claim to be Christian, which are pictures of Christ and his bride all over their, that they're Christian marriages. Uh-huh. Uh, so of course, Satan is going to want to attack Christian marriages yep. and he's going to want to uh, popularize, uh, you know, perverse sex and draw people away from that picture, uh, which he does, 
you know, that's again why Crowley said that family, he said, you know, that the, the marital institution, he said it was deplorable, you know, that family's public enemy number one. So he wants to destroy marriage. First and foremost, he wants to destroy us because we're created in God's image. So he wants to, to, to abuse our sexuality or get us to abuse our sexuality. But then he wants to destroy that picture of redemption through uh, Christ and his bride. Because yeah. after Paul talks about those, and then he says, you know, a man will leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. At the end of that portion there in verses 31 and 32 of Ephesians 5, and he says, but I'm speaking in reference to Christ and the church. Yeah. And he goes, this is a megu mysterion in the Greek, a great mystery. So this great mystery that's so beautiful. And the angels, he says in Ephesians, long to look into this. But then we're called to, you know, uh, after that, you know, the, the marital relationship, as you mentioned, the children relationship with parents too, uh, in Ephesians six, and then husband wife relationships after they were talked about. Then it says, "Be you know, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit." Yeah. Right before yeah. that, uh, so we can only fulfill our roles by being filled with the Holy Spirit, being uh, letting the Word of Christ dwell in us richly, and those things. And this entertainment takes us away from all that. Huh. Uh, and I'm not against all entertainment, but I'm against entertainment that promotes sexual perversion, yep. that promotes occult powers, and, and glorifies them, and so forth. And it's it's interesting because this has been happening for a lot a long time. It's just uh, Satan's able to push the envelope farther than he ever has yeah. uh, been able to at this point in our country. Yeah, um, dude. Yeah, th- those are great points. I uh, appreciate that. So another, so a, a thought I'm having um, with the film, um, you, you guys. So I, I, this, I want this the backdrop of this question to be the Scarlet Witch thing. So I kind of want to transition there to what you guys had revealed about Scarlet Witch. But really, a lot of that comes from a Christian actually knowing God's word well enough to like to be they're already, you know, brainwashed. They're already preconditioned to when they see the Scarlet Witch, they say, whore of Babylon, right? They, they right. just know, oh, that's what they're mocking. That's what yeah. they're doing. So like how much of this do you think part of this problem is also an indictment on the church, just that we don't know God's word well enough to even pick up on references that pagan Satanistic writers are, are are using biblical symbols to mock God in front of Christians faces, but the Christians don't know God's word well enough to even know they're being mocked when the Scarlet witch comes on screen with her chaotic magic. And she's representing the war of Babylon triumphing over, over right. The Gnostic conversion triumphing over the hero, the true hero. So I, do you kind of see the question? Do you see what I'm getting at there? And um, yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Yeah. So, what, what, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And can you kind of hint, hint at the Scarlet Witch thing for people that so they would obviously want to go watch the film? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in our expose, we show that Aleister Crowley, you know, he did a play on the the, the Horror of Babylon, Scarlet. Uh-huh. And uh, he talked about in his book called The Book of the Law, bringing forth the Antichrist through a sexual union uh, through creating a moon child. Uh, which uh, this ruler would rule the world and through sex magic would be, uh, you know, and not that he has control over that. Ultimately, God will choose who he allows to be the Antichrist. Uh-huh. But in, in, in uh, and however this plays out with Satan's involvement, kind of like Rosemary's baby, you know, and I told the head of church. Satan was a consultant for that movie by Polanski, uh, so forth. And there's crazy things that happened with that whole situation. But the idea of bringing forth a moon child, uh, so uh, the idea was uh, having a scarlet woman taking that imagery from the Bible of the whore of Babylon. And just as the church is the bride of Christ, the whore of Babylon is is Satan's is Satan's bride, collectively speaking, of uh-huh. just wicked people in the end times. But they personify it 
in Crowleyism to having sex with, with uh, a woman to have a moon child, uh, which would hopefully be the Antichrist. Hence uh, why you see L. Ron Hubbard, founder of Scientology, working with Jack Parsons, the co-founder of Jet Propulsion Laboratory of NASA, uh, working together doing Crowley's magic. Parsons in touch with Lester Crowley in Pasadena, and, and Parsons trying to bring forth his own moon child uh, and, and so forth, and doing the magic, and L. Ron Hubbard, you know, leaving with, with uh, his, his girl at one point. Uh, and just all kinds of crazy stuff happening. We show a lot of that in our our deal, our our, our move, our expose, even admissions of Satanism and so forth from you know Hubbard's son and and his association with Crowley from Hubbard himself. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what's interesting about this is they're all trying to produce this 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 Antichrist uh, figure, and I I think a lot of it. I think Satan does laugh, Rocky, uh, and, and I'm not sure he's capable of actually laughing, but I mean that metaphorically. Yeah, there's a the, he, it's a joke to uh, say many Satanists that Satanists oftentimes know what's going on uh, more than Christians. If it's, certainly Satanists that are in the entertainment world that have a lot of Christian fans and so forth that know they're serving the evil one and and talk about using dark forces. I'm sure they mock their Christian fans who think that they're they're up right and 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 celebrate their celebrity. Yeah. But I think there's also something going on because. Crowley was raised by a Christian. His dad was, as he portrays him as an evangelist, actually a good man of the Plymouth Brother movement. And Crowley said he was just more attracted to Satan and the dragon than he was to Christ and the Lamb. And he wanted to be get in touch with Satan's person and become his chief of staff. So, so Crowley himself was actually schooled in the scriptures. Yeah. So uh, when, and, and, you know, writing, and even like Karl Marx, you know, he wrote poetry glorifying Christ when he was a teenager. Both these guys were both very, very wealthy. Uh, had too much time on their hands, and both gravitated into Satanism. And Crowley's Satanism, uh, you know, he used a lot of biblical references, and he's very much more aware of a lot of Scripture than the average Christian. And the thing is, is that if you don't know Scripture, and the enemy does, he can twist it. In fact, Satan, as you know, twisted Scripture in trying to tempt Jesus. He yeah. showed him the king of the world in a moment's time, said, bow down and worship me, all these shall be yours. And Satan said, get behind, or Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and serve him only. But another thing Satan did was try to encourage him to jump from the pinnacle of the temple. Uh-huh. And said, and Satan says, it is written, you know, that he shall give his angels charge over thee, lest thy dash thy foot against the stone. But Jesus, because he's the word of God made flesh, and also he quotes three different pass, three different parts of Deuteronomy, out of all the scriptures Jesus could have quoted, it's all this uh, uh, several chapters, I mean, a number of chapters apart, maybe six, seven, or eight chapters apart, as almost as though he was meditating on Deuteronomy yeah. before this happened, and that the portion of scripture he was reading. Can't know for sure, but I find it fascinating. And he says to, uh, you know, to Satan, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Yeah. And uh, he rebukes Satan. But what happens is because, so Satan will use biblical truth and twist it to to subvert us but the bible says you know jesus whips out the scripture which is what paul says we're to do to put on the whole armor of god which is really interesting rocky that you mentioned this way because it's such an instructive uh question really that should in a way bring at least a gentle shame upon us as christians and 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 probably a loud rebuke for a, a lot of us as well that we need to be in the word man because paul said when you put on the whole armor of god whole word uh, the armor of god to take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? And we're supposed to put on the armor of God so that we can withstand, you know, 
the evil one and stand in the evil day. And what's happening right now is most Christians will watch the Doctor Strange movie and it, and some of them will have a, a gut check and a heart check saying, wow, there's a lot of occultism in there. I don't know if God really wants me to watch that. In fact, that's been the reaction of some. But others will try to you know glorify it and say, oh, there's redeeming things in it and so forth, not realizing or not wanting to acknowledge maybe it's between them and God ultimately what uh, where they're at. Uh, but that there is a promotion. I don't think most of them are, have a clue that the Scarlet Witch is basically made in the image of Crowley's Scarlet Woman, as he called her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, yeah, the exhortation for all of you listening, you know, let's know God's word well enough that Satan cannot twist God's word. Even from a Christian false teacher, if a, if a Christian false teacher would twist it, or if we see it in pop culture when they want to malign Christ's name in a subtle way, um, eventually they'll do yeah. it. More. Like like that... Uh, the, the movie or the, the show on AMC preacher that you guys exposed in the first part, right. They're going to get more explicit and, and defaming the name of Christ, but there are um, more shifty ways that he's kind of, he's a, he's a snake. So, you know, that's the way he likes to do things. Um, so the last question I wanted to hit on um, th- this you're I'm, I'm loving what you guys are doing. And um, this is really reminding me that s- secular atheism is not, we we fight against uh, the print like in, in Ephesians six. There we fight against principalities and rulers and thrones. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We don't battle mm-hmm. against secular atheism. We do battle against Satan, against the kingdom of darkness. That's so, so important to know, right? Yeah, Amen. exactly. So after all your after all your research, as you as you go deeper into this this Satanism that's in pop culture. You know, what's more alarming for the church, secular atheism or, or Satanism? You know, so uh, pretty, pretty obvious question for us. But I just want to drive this home because so many Christians go and try to debate atheists on these big, huge, uh, you know, these big uh, debates. Right. And it's like th- these aren't really <laughs> it's a distraction, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I understand, you know, to me, it's not an either or as far as what we fight. And I'm, I know you believe that, too. That's yeah. great. We have Christian apologists up, out there that are battling against uh, the atheist, yes, but yes, yes. at the same time, what you're saying, which I think is such a salient and important point, uh, which is your main, which is your point, is that there's a that's not the main battle. I mean, we're supposed to cast down imaginations, plural, any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So uh, we definitely want to come against atheism, show evidences for God. But the main battle right now for culture is paganism. Yeah. Satanism against Christianity. Yeah. And as you said, that's what I like the way you put it. You know, we're not battling against atheism, but against principalities and powers. Now, Satan's a father of lies. He used a lot of different lies. And uh, he that says there's no God, you know, the Bible says that's an abomination, you know. So uh, atheism is one thing that Satan uses, but it's not the main thing he's exactly. using. Exactly. Because yeah. you're right. The comics and the superheroes and so forth, they're not all promoting atheism. They're promoting worshiping and looking to magic powers and different gods. Yeah, and that's and I'm glad you see that, bro, because exactly. it's it's basically the resurrection of the of the of the demon gods is what we're seeing. Yeah, and, and that's what you see. Kind of alluded to that earlier when I talk about the Book of Revelation. Exactly, people are to know at the end that you know God is real in the very. I mean, because it becomes very obvious. Yeah, uh, it, and but they're also they want that immediate power, and you don't have to repent and get yeah. right with God and. Uh, to to have a cult power, all you have to do is want to worship yourself. Even you don't even have to believe in Satan exactly. to get in paganism. But ultimately, that's where it leads. And even when it says in Revelation chapter thirteen, it says they worship the dragon who gave his power to the beast. Uh-huh. So people are worshiping these false gods 
Yeah. Paul talked about it. We read about Deuteronomy in the book of Psalms as well. And at First Corinthians 10, around 20 and 21, where Paul says, you know, the gods of the nations are demons, the Bible says. And Paul exactly. says that the things that the Gentiles sacrifice, they don't sacrifice, you know, they sacrifice to demons. Uh-huh. And, but they're not aware of that. And yeah. that's our concern is a lot of professing Christians and a lot of genuine Christians are going to these movies and they don't realize that they're sitting at the table of demons. Exactly. Yep. Um, and, and one thing I've noticed uh, from that film, and I mean, I, I've already started to know this before I watched your guys' film, but it's it's even more evident now. The people at the top aren't atheists. Um, none of them, none of the leaders of, you, you have so many celebrities that you guys expose on this film that have so much Satanistic like sim- symbols to their, their album covers and the things they're doing. And you show a film of this actress that went to uh, some Island with a bunch of other celebrities to do ayahuasca and to like have these spiritual experiences. None of these people, like to, to be honest, your low level peon fool, you know, your idiot of the day is, is the atheist, right? He thinks evolution. He thinks he's a monkey. He thinks he's, yeah. a, he's a, he, he thinks he came from a monkey. He thinks he, he evolved from pond scum. That That's really what he thinks about his world. Right. He's the, the low-level peon that Satan is like, you're just, you're my dumb idiot. You're my puppet to, to look like a fool, right? And you're just causing, you're like this chaotic element. But the the Satanist at the top, like L. Ron Hubbard, all, Tom Cruise, all these guys, all these top people in our society that people, young people look to, they're all Satanists. They're not atheists. <laughs> There's yeah, not a lot yeah, of no. atheist culture shifters, you know? So I don't know, just, just, another, just another thought I had. No, you're you know? totally right, bro. Yeah, and it's it's if you guys want to see this so clearly, please watch this film because it's it's so well done. You get it from the horse's mouth. You guys are like literally like putting these interviews for for the the viewer to to listen to these people out of the horse's mouth worshiping Satan. Yeah, um, it's it's undeniable. Yeah, you know, what what's going on there? Exactly. When you see the video. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, any last words, brother? I think we can kind of wrap up here. If there's yeah, some- no, I. I I praise God, you know, thanks for having me on again, Rocky. And uh, it's really nice to be interviewed by somebody who gets it, you know, uh-huh. and I, I get that that happens from time to time. Other times, you know, uh, you know, it moves the interview along well and, and you get right to the things that really, really need to be heard for the audience. So I really appreciate that. And I just encourage your audience. Yeah, check it out. They go to goodfight.org and we've got part two is out as well. That's mm-hmm. the one you're talking about. But part one is out also in a hard copy, but part two is out on uh, digitally. Uh, and we we're using this. I mean, these would be great if you and anybody in your audience, they could, you know, get it and say, Hey, have it, have friends over say, Hey, let's watch this exactly. because it will have such an impact. We're seeing our videos were are done in such a way to, we want to win the lost. And we're seeing that happen. And we've been seeing that happen for years, beginning with our video, they sold their souls for rock and roll. And then it's also meant to challenge the church and encourage the church to be sanctified and separate from these evils and live for the Lord who made us and, and, and died for us and to deserves, deserves all the glory and deserves yep. our attention. Yeah. Amen, brother. Hey, I really appreciate that. Hey, well, thanks for joining me today. Um, I usually end with 1 Timothy 117, to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria. Amen, bro. Hey. <laughs>